be excited about that. <laughs> Need some diamonds. Here we go. Hey, it's great to be with you, and uh, I just want to talk to you this morning about something that God has been speaking to me about personally, and um, you just heard Pastor Mike, Dad, uh, talk about how, how he believes God is bringing us into a new season, and uh, I believe that is true. I believe that God is bringing us uh, as a church into a, into a new season, and, uh, and it's absolutely phenomenal. And uh, something God spoke to me about last year, and um, you know how sometimes you, 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 you get a word from God, and it's like... Uh, it's like direction. It's like something that just brings everything into clarity. Something that just solidifies, I guess, what you're what you're doing. And um, this this uh, verse spoke to me. And it's in. Let's just quickly turn our Bibles to Titus. Titus chapter one. Give me a yes when you got it. If you haven't got it, it should be up here soon. I want to talk about this morning, um, the next level. Can we just turn, someone get that fan turned off? It's just, man, it's going crazy up here. The next level, an, an enlargement. And I believe that God uh, wants to enlarge us as uh, individuals and also as a church. How many people agree with that? How many people want to be enlarged? Yeah. I want to be enlarged. I mean, I'm not just talking about, uh, you know, the spare tire. I'm talking about inside. <laughs> and... Uh, uh, I don't know about you, but I want to see our church grow. I want to see the kingdom of God extend into our, into our cities, into our region, into our, into our nation, that, uh, that all New Zealand would know that God is alive and real. I mean, and so I believe that God has wanted to raise his church up. In fact, it's always been God's intention to raise his church up and to extend his work that all men would come to know Jesus Christ and come back into a relationship with him. And so, uh, but, you know, we've had a, a massive season of just getting passionate about God. And as you start to get passionate about the Lord, you'll start to get a hold of what's really on his heart. And what is on his heart the most, I believe, is souls. I mean, why would he give his life? Why would he pay the ultimate price for something that wasn't a high priority? So when he was on the cross, friend, I want to tell you, he had you in his heart. He had our, our city, he had Hastings, he had Napier, he had Flaxmere, he had your next-door neighbor. Had, yeah, they're your next-door neighbor who you love so dearly. Uh, he, he had your school friends, he had all these, he had all of mankind in his heart when he was on the cross. And so you see, God had a process, God had a, God's got a plan for extending the work. Friends, one man cannot just do it alone. I mean, Jesus came and, and, uh, and, and, uh, and, and in his life, he, he, he set an example of how he wants you and I to live. He, he set an example of, of how he was going to start, how uh, a strategy of how the kingdom of God would start to extend through the earth. Friend, God can do it sovereignly. He can do it sovereignly. But in, in, in some cases, if you look in places like China, you know, Jesus Christ is, if you'll read that book, The Heavenly Man, Jesus Christ himself is actually turning up into some places and preaching the gospel. Friend, but it, see, God can do it sovereignly. But I believe, most importantly, God wants you and I to learn to, uh, to, 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 to take up the mantles, to, to take up the cause, and, and to live the, the, the life that Christ has, has set ex, ex, as an example for you and I to live. He wants to do it through you and I. He wants uh, you and I as, as, as men and women to, to start to, to, to carry on and to extend the work that he started. See, right back in the beginning, uh, I mean, I talked about this last year uh, on this verse about, uh, about taking dominion over our soul. 
And right back at creation, it was, it was ordained. God has set in place for man to have dominion over all the earth. But somewhere along the line, the devil came in right back then and, 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 and robbed us of that. But ever since then, it has been God's intention to, to, to get mankind back into a place where he has dominion again, back into a place where he has right relationship with God. That has always been the heart of God. That has always, if you look at the whole, read the whole Bible, basically the whole Bible is around, you can put it into a nutshell, it's about getting out, taking dominion back over our soul again and starting to extend the kingdom of God back into all the earth. I mean, there's lots of stuff, but generally speaking, that's what it's about. And so here we are, Jesus, as you remember, Jesus, when he was, uh, his last words before he got taken up to heaven was, was the Great Commission. The Great Commission is this, go ye. He's speaking to his disciples. How many people here, you're a disciple of Christ this morning? Yeah, so he's talking to you. Go ye into all the world. Preach the gospel. Preach the good news. Sometimes use words, but through your life, preach the gospel to all mankind, to all nations. These signs shall follow this. And it also talks about teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. In other words, make disciples. If you're not a, a disciple maker, you cannot really claim to be a true disciple of Christ. So what, what the commission that Christ gave us is, 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 is to bring mankind, bring people back into alignment, bring people back into right living with God again. And so he, uh, I mean, Jesus Christ, he was only on this, he was only uh, in ministry for a short amount of time, but he had a strategy to, uh, to invest into other people who, who would then turn, carry it on out and, and, and spread the gospel to every part of the, of the earth. So here you come back and, 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 and Paul here is, is talking to Titus. Paul is, uh, I, I believe, uh, aside from Jesus Christ, one of them, nobody has, uh, has shaped the church as we know it today uh, more than the Apostle Paul. It's absolutely phenomenal. And uh, see, Paul also picked up on this. He was a, he was a true disciple of Christ. One of the, one of the things that he, he really carried inside of his heart was to build and to train men and women of God who would in turn extend that work. That is why we're here today. That is why you can read the Bible in English. That is why you can walk in freedom today, because somebody invested into somebody else who invested into somebody else, who shared and carried on and extended the kingdom of God, and eventually we are here today. So, friend, it can either stop here today, or it can carry on and increase even further still. The Bible says that the, the whole earth shall be filled with the glory of God. And if you and I are made in the reflection of God, the image of God, then it is up to us to, to reflect that glory of God into the nations of the earth. The problem is sometimes the mirror is a bit clogged up. <laughs> the whole area of our soul, and this is what I want to I I talk about a, a bit today, is, that, is the area of our soul. And I want to just, I mean, I felt God start to challenge me and push some of my buttons. I've got a few buttons there, and, and God... God pushed me and, uh, and just challenged me to, just to enlarge in, in, in this place. So here we got Paul. He's talking to Titus. Now the, now, the context of this is this, that Paul is at the end of his life. He knows he's about to die. How many people know that if, if somebody's about to die, the, the words that they speak there, well, they're pretty important. <laughs> so here's Paul. He's, he's thinking about, he's thinking about the, the, the man and woman that he's invested into. He's thinking about his life. And he's, he's thinking about you people here today. He's thinking about me. 
He's thinking about the church, the body of Christ. He's thinking, what can I say to encourage them? Out of my whole life, I've, I, I've seen the miraculous. I've, I mean, I've got the stripes, I've got the scars. I've, I'm about to enter the kingdom of God. I'm out, about to enter glory. What can I say to basically outreach center? So he writes, to, he writes to Titus. Titus is a young man who has been, has been trained as a, as a leader. And uh, he's saying, Titus, I want, you to, I want you to do some stuff. I want you to do some things. I want you to start, I want you to continue to raise some people up. And eventually what you do now will impact Hawke's Bay. That's across the other side of the world. So here we got, this is just a bit of a, an, an outline. And so in Titus chapter 1 verse 5, it says, For this reason, everybody say, for this reason. For this purpose, I left you in Crete. It says here, that you should set in order the things that are lacking and appoint elders in every city as I commanded you. For this reason, for this purpose, I've, I've put you in Hawke's Bay. For this purpose, for this reason, I've put you in Hastings. I've put you in Hawke's I've put you in Havelock. I've put you in Flaxmere. I've, I've put you into the family where you belong. I've put you there for a reason. For this reason, I, I, I've left you there, I've put you there. See, although Christ is, uh, is, is right now sitting at the right hand of the Father, when you invite him into, he puts his spirit inside of you. And the Bible says that he will not leave us orphans, so he was with us. So in context, yes, he's left us, but he's still with us. You know what I'm talking about. And so he says, I left you here, I've put you in this place, that you would set in order some things that are lacking. How many people know today in, in our society there's some things that are lacking? <laughs> yeah. There's some things that are out of, out of alignment. And just as God or, uh, uh, commissioned Adam to, to, uh, to start to put things and start to take dominion, it's the same concept. And it's the same, this verse is very, very, very similar to the Great Commission. It's basically the same. Go you into the all the world. For this reason I've put you here that you would set in order the things that are lacking and appoint elders in every city. Another word for elder is, um, is, is, the, ter- is the word bishop, and you can study up a little bit about this. But um, something God spoke to me about it is, is, for this reason I've left you in Hastings, that you would set in order. You would put something into the place that is lacking, and you would raise up a bunch of leaders that will have an impact in the community. Yeah, so that's what makes a little bit of sense. I mean, so the word elder is also a, sh- you know, Bishop, shepherd, leader, it all sort of means the same thing. And uh, the thing is today, and, and basically this is like a leadership lesson, because wherever you go in life, people need leadership. People need leaders. Like the Bible clearly says that people are like sheep. They just wander on off wherever they feel like it. And if one goes running that way, it doesn't matter if it's the right way or the wrong way. They'll go on running off. And so wherever we look... Um, we need leaders, and all of the time, we're either being influenced or being an influence. Either the, the circumstances around us, the, the, uh, the conditions that we live in are influencing our lives, or we are either influencing the conditions. And so God has called you, and, and, and so some of those uh, influences upon our society today and upon our lives are not that good. <laughs> you don't have to read the papers to see that there are some, some bad influences in society. And the fact is, they are leading people, but they're leading people the wrong way. So that's why we see so many uh, uh, people, young and old, just wasting their lives away. 
Their whole destiny and purpose in life is being, is being robbed and destroyed and people are blowing their minds away on drugs and alcohol and it's, and it's, it's right on their back doorstep and, and, and it, it's happening because they're being led that way. They're being influenced that way. There's something missing in our society. And so everywhere you go, people need leadership. One of the, 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 uh, the greatest form of leadership that our society needs today is spiritual leadership. Because what will affect the, the spirit will in turn actually affect the whole community. See, what gets into what you allow to get hold of your spirit and influence your, your soul away, that will in turn influence how you live your life and what happens around your life. So you've got to be careful who you let influence your life. The other side of that is if our friends and our family and our community are all being led away somewhere else, that means a, 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 a greater influence is going to have to start to rise up in our city and start to influence it back the other way. You know what I'm talking about? And uh, see, God has positioned you and I here that we would put the th- things in order that are lacking, that we would extend his kingdom, that we would bring his people out of bondage. And uh, I, I believe this, the whole concept of, um, of Israel coming out of, out of Egypt is still, uh, we're, we're still sort of in that place today. And um, if you look at the word Egypt, the, the word Egypt means mortsor. It comes from the word mortsor. I think it's the Greek, Hebrew, or something like one of those two. And uh, the, the word mortsor means a, a place of confinement, a place of restriction, a place of limitation, a place of bondage. See, ever since man's sin, God has been wanting to bring his people out of a place of limitation, out of a place of um, bondage, out of a place of limitation, out of a place of, into a place of promise, into a, he wants to enlarge you again. He wants to bring you out of a place of Egypt. He wants to bring you out of Egypt, and he's got a place, he's got a land that is, he has promised for you. He wants to bring our nation, he wants to bring our city out of a place, out of Egypt, out of bondage, out of limitation, into a place of enlargement, into a place of dominion, into a place of leadership and influence. That's what he's wanting to do. Ever since, I mean, the Israelites came out, but the problem is everyone is born into sin. But because of Jesus Christ, we actually, when we give our hearts to Jesus, we don't need to live in bondage anymore. But the problem is, just like the Israelites wanted to go back to Egypt, mankind still wants to go back to Egypt. People still go back and live in bondage, still go and live back in limitation when there's no real need to. Jesus' work on the cross did all that. When you come into relationship with Jesus Christ, there's bondages broken off your life. You can walk in freedom. So why? Why do we go back to Egypt? I'm not talking about a physical sense. I'm talking about inside. Because it's, it, it's part of our soul. And um, the thing is, Jesus doesn't want to see generation after generation after generation live in Egypt, go out of Egypt, and then a, another generation will come up and say, oh, let's, let's go back there again. Well, let's get out. And let's go. How long does it have to go on for when there's no need to? 
How often will you and I start to go back into limitation, into our soul, into our thinking, into our attitudes, into our behavior? How often do we go back there? Well, there's no need to. I mean, the Bible says, and Paul in Galatians 2.20, it says, it's no longer I that lives, but Christ. Christ that lives within me. In other words, I'm not living in bondage anymore because Jesus Christ, he lives within me today, and I can walk in freedom. So why go back? Why? Apart from bringing the Israelites and the natural out of Egypt, he also actually bring their, had to bring their soul out of Egypt as well. And that is where really what I want to get into today. It's like the area of our soul, for so many of us, our souls, although we walk in, the, and today we, we have a, a form of freedom. In other words, if you look outside, we, we really don't have any issues of somebody right now coming to lock us all up. And, and you can basically go out there, out, walk out the door and do what you want within certain, <laughs> certain boundaries. If you want that sort of a car, you can go and buy that sort of a car. If you haven't got the money, you can go and tick it up. It's like there is, there's, there's, rel- there's, a, there's a form of freedom. You know, I'm talking. About it's, it's not necessarily a, a, a true freedom, but it's a, it's a form of freedom. And um, so I believe that God has also wanted to take our souls out of a place. It's like an internal thing, out of a place of confinement, out of a place of limitation, into a place of, of rulership. In other words, He wants to enlarge the capacity of your soul. He wants to enlarge the capacity of your soul. Have you ever seen somebody win lotto before? I was listening to Radio Rima last year, and they, um, this guy talks up, and he said, oh, he rings up, and he said, oh, he said, oh I won the big one. He said, oh, I won the big one about six years ago. And he said, oh, he said, but he said, six years later, I'm bankrupt. I'm broke, got nothing. Why is that? Because... Although in the natural he had a, a form of freedom, actually on the inside his capacity wasn't in that place where he could manage a million dollars. So when God wants to bring us out of Egypt into a land of promise, into a land of rulership, into a, into a sphere of dominion, he's got to enlarge the capacity of our soul. Because if we all of a sudden just went from that to that, You wouldn't go. It'd fall over. So I believe that in order for you and I to, uh, to start to see our community turned around, start to see uh, the, the, the things that are lacking start to brought back into alignment, we've got to start to enlarge the capacity of our soul. Like I said, externally we live in a form of freedom, but internally so many lives are just locked up. Uh, there's a scripture in the, I think John talks about it back, uh, back and further in the Gospels. He says, I see that your soul is prospering. Your soul is prospering. An example of a, of a locked up spirit. I mean, I, this is a phrase that I absolutely hate. I mean, people come up and say, oh, I want to shift to Australia. I want to go to Auckland. So why do you want to do that? Well, there's nothing here for me. Nothing in Hawke's Bay for me. Anyone ever heard that before? There's nothing in Hawke's Bay for me. Well, you know what? Go. Go. Because the thing is, with an attitude like that, we're going to stay in limitation, man. We're not going to grow. We're not going to, 
businesses won't start. Let's, we won't see entrepreneurs rise up and, and start to see prosperity come to a halt. We won't, see, we won't see men and women start to give their heart. We won't see that with that sort of attitude. So as far as I'm concerned, go. What it reflects is a soul that's all about me. See, what we do need though, is, a, is a generation of, of leaders that will stand up, that will see beyond themselves and make a difference in the community they live in. doesn't matter what age you are. It's got nothing to do with age. It's got to do with a level of spiritual maturity. The thing is, will it be you? I don't like that. I don't like when people say that. If you're just quickly turning your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 54. So this whole concept is about, of Titus is about enlargement, enlarging the kingdom of God. In order for us to enlarge the kingdom of God, we've got to be enlarged on the inside. Our soul has got to be enlarged. See, God has put his spirit inside of your life. I mean, God's spirit is a large spirit. The same spirit that, that was with Moses when he, he parted the Red Sea, the same spirit that was with uh, Jesus when he, when, when he saw Lazarus... Um, Waking up, the same spirit that was with Jesus and he hung on the cross. The same spirit lives with inside you and I today. The problem is, see, uh, the spirit of God wants to manifest himself through us. See, the thing is, we are made up of three parts. We are, first of all, a spirit. You are, secondly, a soul. You have a soul which is, um, it, 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 it puts expression onto your spirit. It gives an expression. And then you have your, your body, which gives a, a physical expression to your soul. So if you're feeling sad, what will the body do? The body will shed tears. <laughs> so by looking at a, a person's face or looking at a person's countenance, you can see what's going on inside their soul because it reflects that. So if we're going to see our place enlarged, if we're going to see our church enlarged, if you want to see enlargement around your life, then you've got to enlarge your soul. You've got to enlarge the capacity of your soul. It says here in Isaiah chapter 54, verse 2, enlarge the place of your tent. Everybody say enlarge. Yeah. And let them stretch out the curtains from your dwellings. What does the next part say? Do not, yeah, do not spare. In other words, don't be mingy on it. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. I mean, uh, I mean, I believe that God is speaking to us out of this verse as well. Uh, every year it's, it sort of comes up because I, I believe that God continually wants us to grow. Enlarge the place of your tent. Enlarge your capacity. Go from one place to this place to, to that place to, an, to another place. So that's why God's always saying, enlarge your capacity. Enlarge the place of your tent. Enlarge the place where you live. And, and the place where you live is not just your physical house. I mean, I mean, you can, you can look at it that way, but it's more than that. It's more than that. The place where you live, the, the you, the you inside, the, the, the soul, the, the real you. That's what we're talking about. Enlarge that place. And it says, don't spare. Enlarge the capacity of your soul. Enlarge it. Bring it from a place of limitation, out of a place of bondage, into a place of enlargement. Enlarge the place of your tent. I mean, God's speaking to us in a personal level about that, but he's also talking to us as a church about, in a corporate sense as well, enlarge the place of your tent. In other words, the church cannot be just confined to these four walls. 
the church cannot be just confined to this little part of Hastings. The church can't be, we've got to enlarge, we've got to, we've got to establish, we've got to put leaders out in every part of the neighborhood. We've got to put leaders, elders, shepherds into every corner, every community, every sector of society. We're going to enlarge that way. But in order to enlarge that way, we've got to enlarge here first. Enlarge the place of your tent and it says, do not spare. See, see the part of our soul is made up of, of, of three things. Now, I'm not going to elaborate this. If you want to go and further into this, I think Ian's got a fantastic encounter retreat. He will, I tell you, man, he'll bang on your soul and get you real freed up. Is that right, Ian? And it's a, so I believe, I believe just in a nutshell, our, our, our soul is made up of, of three things, our mind, our will, and our emotions. In other words, our mind, our, 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 our understanding, our comprehension, our, our knowledge. See, the Bible says, Jesus says that my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. If it, you know, it's not when you get filled with the Holy Spirit. It's like that, that, that first time, just before it happens, it's like, your mind starts saying, hey, what are you doing? It cannot understand. It's like there's, there's a limitation there. It's just like there's a blockage there, and it's like it starts acting like a, sorry, Roger, but it's like a, it's like a lawyer sometimes. It's like you limit. It's like you can't do that. That's, that's, it's, not, it's not logical. But it's like God says, my, my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your, than your thoughts. So, and we have the Spirit of God living inside us, and He can put His thoughts into our thoughts. So we've got to enlarge our mental capacity to be able to embrace the thoughts, the thinking of Jesus Christ. And it's like all through the Bible, the Pharisees struggled with this, that how could Jesus love a sinner? How could Jesus love a tax collector? How could he love those people? Because he was larger inside. So we need to enlarge our understanding of God. We need to understand, enlarge our thinking capacity of, of, of our purpose in life. Get more, I mean, this is just, just one part of the pie, but, you know. It's understand our, our purpose in life. Understand more about God. Understand us more about his purposes. Understand more about life. Understand, get more knowledge about leadership and things like that. Uh, the first part is as our mind needs to start to enlarge. The capacity, our, our thinking starts to, needs to start to enlarge. Oh, but that can't be done because I'm this, because I'm that. It's like you think, your, your mind will tell you things that can't be done because of this, because it naturally sees limitations. What it doesn't see, and what you've got to learn to train it to see, is the Spirit of God within you that can do all things through Christ. So we've got to enlarge our, our, our thinking. We've also got to enlarge our emotions, our ability to be able to feel and experience love, joy, peace. And uh, start to ex learn to, I mean, our, our emotions, we, we can feel it for ourselves, but our emotions also has the capacity to give it out. So a lot of people are, are so consumed but about, about me having peace, about me having joy, about how I feel inside. I mean, our, our capacity to feel is a, is a phenomenal thing. Our capacity to, to, to give love and to embrace people and to, to open up our heart, it, it, it's a phenomenal thing. And people need to feel love. The problem is when our emotions get limited, it's all about me. So how can I get, how can I feel good? How can, 
If I don't feel like it, then I, I won't. There's somebody who have to give out of their emotions to make me feel better. We've got to get larger in there so we can learn to embrace people. We've got to learn to enlarge our capacity to love the unlovable. Plenty of people out there, they, they don't, don't look like... But neither do you and I before we met Christ. But see, God feels for us. He feels for you. He opened up his life. He gave. He shed his... He, he's always giving. Always giving of himself. Always giving out love. It's like, come on. If he was here right now, man, uh, be, come on, give me a hug, man. I just, man, speaking words of love and speaking words. And he, there's times when he'll, he'll get angry about things. And it's like, Dad... We've been talking about just over the last few weeks about, about being passionate about God and allowing something in your emotions to, uh, to express itself physically. So when you emotionally feel love, what happens? You go and give some, the body will go and give somebody a hug. <laughs> but so many, so many people, they just keep it all to themselves. So many people out there, I mean, if you looked at the, um, there was a documentary on TV just a little while, just last week about I Don't Like Mondays. You want to see that? Girl all of a sudden just nutted off and started shooting people. And if you look at her life, there was a void of love. There was no emotion. There was nothing that inside of her that touched her heart. It was dead because somebody kept it all to themselves. So, friends, it's not all about how you feel. We're going to get, I mean, what you feel is important, believe me. But to get larger than yourself, you've actually got to. Start to open up your life. Start to open up your home. Start to open up. Start to share your thoughts. Start to speak words of love. Start to speak. And then you have our, our, our will, our, our ability to be able to choose what we do. So you have the ability to be able to choose to love God. You have the ability, the free will ability, whether you will choose to live uh, and keep all your love all bottled up inside or whether you'll share the love. Somebody say, we've got to share the love. Some people out there today, man, they need some love. I'm not just talking about just, I mean, cuddles are great. My, my auntie's a doctor, and one of the things she does is um, she works in a, um, in a uh, STD clinic, and she, she um, helps people that are prostitutes. And she's saying these prostitutes were saying to her, you know, we go, to, we go to a lot of people's places, and especially old people. And they said, you know, they don't really want to do anything. All they want is a all they want is a hug. All they want is somebody just give them a hug and say, Man, I love you. So but yeah. Work that out. You can understand what I'm saying though. Enlarge the place of your tent. So how do you so the capacity of your soul determines the amount of influence and leadership that you will have. If you look at 1 Corinthians 9, verse 14, it says, I won't turn to it, but I, Paul says, although I am free from all men, I am free from all men. I'm free from the expectations of people. I'm free from all those sorts of things. Although I'm free from all, all men, I have made myself the servant of all men, that by any means they may be one. To the people that are Christians, I become you know, like the Lord. Become, for those that are without, that don't know Christ, oh, 
you know, I, I, I keep my, my standards, but I, I get into their world and I, I try to see how they're seeing. I try and feel. I, I try and share my life with them so that I may win some. So Paul, the reason he was such of a, a big influence is because he had a big heart. The reason Jesus had a massive influence on the world is because uh, he had the power of God. But there's also a part of his soul, he had a big heart. Opened up his life. So how do you measure the capacity of your soul? How do you measure the capacity of your soul? Very, very easy. How do you, how do you measure the capacity? What is the capacity of water? The capacity of water is boiling point. So when you heat water to 100 degrees, what does it do? It loses its capacity to, to stay as water and then turns to steam. What is the capacity of a, of a balloon? Popping point. So it can only take so much air until it pops. That, that's the capacity. And so when you look at the Israelites, God had to enlarge their capacity. God had to stretch their soul a bit. God, and this is where it gets, this is where it gets real painful. How do you know what your capacity is? What does it take to break you? What does it take to break you? How much can you handle and still keep it together? I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about control witchcraft or anything like that. I'm, I'm talking about capacity of your soul. The ability to be able to embrace people and to be able to carry people who are, who are without. What is the capacity? What does it take to break you? Can you still... Inspire people to faith when all around you seems defeat. Can you still give a miracle offering when your bank balance is down low? Can you still honor God with your giving when maybe you're on the point of bankruptcy? Can you speak words of life when inside you're at a point of death? When you're walking through that valley, can you still inspire people? What does it take to break you? What, how much can you handle? I remember we had a terrible incident in our family a few years ago. And uh, the day Dad found out about it, I think the next morning he had to stand up here. And it's like, here he was inside in a, in a, in a place of absolute, oh, I just don't know. And then the next morning, you know you've got a few hundred people coming to want to get inspired. It's like, what do you do? Do you fall apart? Do you palm it off? Or does something inside of you rise up and say, no, I will enlarge. I will embrace. When you feel like you're a mess inside, I remember as a, as a youth, I mean, youth pastor, we had a move of God happening in our house amongst the youth. I remember I was, man, I was hurting inside. And I was crying watching the young people come up my driveway thinking, they're coming up here wanting me to inspire them and to bring the, a move of God. And I'm... What does it take to break you? Does it just take a little, and you're, you're falling apart? If that's so, then you need to start to enlarge. See, what are some signs? Or, see, the Israelites had to, get, had, had, to, had to go through a growing process. The steam of our, of our soul, when our soul gets to, the, gets to a place of capacity, Signs of this, whinging and complaining. 
Look at the Israelites when they started to, on their journey, they were whining about, we're going to water, we're going to this, we're going to go back there. Blame shifting. Talk. It's all steam of our soul where it gets to the point where we just can't take any more. So how do I enlarge my capacity? I mean, we can go into heaps of stuff on this, but how do I enlarge my capacity? God will help you. (laughs) He will put you through things. He will allow you to walk through some things that will put pressure on you, that will cause you to enlarge. How do you build a muscle? You've got to stretch it, man. When you go to the gym and you start working out, (laughs) not working. How do you build a muscle? Well, you've got to put pressure on it. You've got to, you've got to, you've got to, you've got to stretch it to a point where it's starting to, uh, starting to tear a little bit. Then there's a resting process where, where you feed and you, and, you, you, and, and you care for it, and all of a sudden it starts to build. It starts to build more in. Then you, then you stretch it a little bit more, and then you start to build in. You start to stretch it. You start to build in. It's the same with our soul. You've got to, you've got to stretch your emotions a little bit. You've got to allow yourself to walk through a little bit of pain. You've got to start to stretch and enlarge your thinking a little bit. And there is a pain process in there. But as you, as you hold on, it's like, man, this hurts. I'm not going to do this anymore. But if you can keep at it and still keep at it, you'll start to enlarge. It's the same with your soul. I mean, we're going to enlarge our soul. Um, Paul to, uh, Peter talks in 2 Peter 1 verse 5. He talks about enlarging your soul. He says, uh, he says there's something more than just uh, giving your hearts to Christ. He said, add these things into your life. And if these things abound into your life, uh, you will be fruitful and you will have an abundant entrance into heaven. He says, to your faith, add virtue. Another, the word virtue means uh, moral excellence, but it also means the residing power of the Holy Spirit. To virtue, add knowledge. To knowledge, add perseverance, self-control, brotherly kindness. And if these things abound in you, everybody say abound, then you will have a fruitful, abundant, full life. And you will have an entrance into heaven. A massive one. I want one of those. So even Peter was, he caught the concept of, I've got to enlarge my soul. I've got to enlarge the capacity of my soul. So I'm going to need to enlarge my knowledge, enlarge my understanding about God, enlarge my understanding about the kingdom. In 1 Corinthians 13, verse 11, it says, Paul says, uh, when I was a child, I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. I spoke like a child. But when I became a man, I put off childish things. We're not just talking about physically. We're talking about spiritually here. I mean, children whinge about everything. It's not my lolly. Where's all my lollies gone? It's like, man, some people have been Christians for a long time, but their spiritual maturity is still, there's no love in this place. Oh, man, of course there's love. Why don't you get out and love somebody else? They don't just fall off. Paul says, I put them off. You've got to make a decision inside of your heart, inside of your soul, that I will start to put off these things. And uh, it's going to wrap up quickly, but as we start to, as individuals, we start to enlarge our capacity, I tell you what, the church will start to grow. 
as you start to embrace, as you start to open up your home, as you start to open up your life and start to, start to share your life with people, as you start to open up your heart, as you start to become big-hearted, see, God was big-hearted to you. God opened up his presence. Every day you come into this place and you can feel the presence of God. See, God opened up his life. As you start to enlarge your capacity, learn to start to handle some things. Learn to start to grow up. Learn to start to put some stuff off. Build stuff into your soul. Enlarge your capacity. Take off limitations. God will start to work wonders through you. God will start to enlarge you. God will start, as you start to enlarge, our church will start to enlarge. The Bible talks to us in there, enlarge the place of your tent. As, you, as the tent starts to get larger, so does the resistance. I tell you, friend, as the church starts to get larger, man, we're going to face some resistance. And as we start to face resistance, like resistance training, building a muscle, it will hurt. There will be people, as the church starts to enlarge, as the church starts to take its place in the community, as the church starts to, as we start to see powers broken off people's lives, as people start to walk in freedom, there will be resistance. That resistance will push on your soul. It will push on my soul. That's why it says lengthen the cords. Stretch them out, those stakes. Put those stakes deep in the ground. Strengthen the stakes. What are those stakes? Those stakes are you and I. Spread out in the different parts of the community. Strengthen. What does it mean by strengthening the stakes? Friends, it talks about loyalty and commitment. I haven't got, we haven't got time to go into it right now, but if you look at David's mighty men, they came from all different backgrounds. Although they were small in number, they, they came from places of despair. They came from all sorts of difficult backgrounds. But the one thing they had together was utmost loyalty and commitment to Dave. Utmost commitment and a loyalty to, to the man that God had anointed as their leader. And as, and th- as a result of that, even though they were small in number, there was not, a, there was not another fighting force like them. There was only about four to six hundred, about the size of this church. One of the greatest military mites of all time. They were able to do extraordinary feats because they were loyal, because they were committed, because inside them they were saying, man, we are committed to you, we are loyal to you. Friends, loyalty is never, ever loyalty until you have the chance to be disloyal. Yeah, I'm I'm loyal. What happens when the winds of adversity come? Do you up anchor and away you go? The thing about Dave, the thing about all these men of old, one thing they had was loyalty to the kingdom of God. When God had put a man of God over, you look at Joshua, for example. Joshua, they were, they were saying, that the, the, I'll just quickly turn to it. This is an, this is an incredible, incredible statement. And I'll just quickly wrap, wrap up soon. And this is the people about to cross Jordan into the promised land. They're about to enter, come into a place of enlargement. They're about to enter. And, uh, and Joshua had spoken to them and it says, and then they answered Joshua. They answered. I mean, the people that Joshua led, those spoke, they spoke to them and said these words. All that you command us to do, we will do. Wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we heeded Moses in all things, so we will also heed you. Only the Lord your God will be with you as he was with Moses. And whoever rebels against your command, in other words, whoever backchats you, whoever talks behind your back, we will shut them up. 
We will silence those mouths. Whoever does not heed your words and only that shall be put to death, only be strong and of good courage. These were the people speaking back to the leader. Only be strong. Friends, we've got to, as we come to church, it's not, I mean, dad also feels stuff. And when you speak words to him, only be strong, Pastor Mike. Only be courageous. We will be with you. We, whether it be life or death, we will not be moved. You are God's anointed. You are the one that God has, has put his hand upon and on, on our lives. Be strong. Pastor Mike, if we hear people talking about you, if we hear people being treacherous to you, we will stand up. Friends, our stakes are going to be deep in the ground. So when the winds of adversity come, it will be like, Pastor Mike, it doesn't matter who comes against you. It does not matter what comes against this church. It doesn't matter what people say. We will not be moved. We will not move. We are stakes are deep in the ground. Pastor Mike, we are loyal to you. We are loyal to the, to the purpose of God in this place. We will not be moved. doesn't matter. We are committed to seeing Hawke's Bay turned around. You can count on me, Pastor Mike and Joy. I will not be moved. My stakes are deep in the ground. Pastor Mike, be strong. Be of good courage. We will not be moved. For this reason, I left you in Crete, that you would put in order the things that are lacking. For this reason, you are in the community you live in. For this reason, you are in the job that you are in. For this reason, you are in the neighborhood that you live in. For this reason, you're in the family, the tribe, or whatever that you were born into. For this reason, I put you here, that you would put in order the things that are lacking. Amen? Come on, somebody give the Lord a shout of praise. Why don't we have some musicians up? Come on, let's give them a shout of praise. Well, just bow your heads right now. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord, we thank you today, Lord. Your hand is upon us. Father, we thank you today that you are calling your church, your people, to arise. Lord, I thank you today you're calling us as a church, us as your people, as both as individuals and as a church, to enlarge our capacity, to open up our hearts, to open up our lives, to embrace the purpose, to embrace what you have for us, Lord. Today, Lord God, we embrace our community. Today, Lord, we open up our hearts to the, to the, to the people around us. God, we pray today that you would enlarge us. Lord, it doesn't matter what winds of adversity comes against us. It doesn't matter how hard you press on us, Lord. Lord, we will not, we will not quit. We will not give up. Lord, we will be loyal to your purposes. We will be loyal. We are committed to your cause. Lord, that we would live a life bigger than ourselves and we would see our community turned around. Friend, commitment is not commitment unless you cost you something. <laughs> commitment is only commitment when it costs you. Loyalty is only loyalty when you have a chance to be disloyal. The question is, what are you doing now? What do you do now when somebody backchats your boss when somebody back chats church leadership, just, just pillow talk, that is. Just little comments here and there. Do you stay silent and agree with it? 
Or do you stand up and say, we will not be moved. You will not be treacherous. Do you stand up? When somebody talks about leadership or your boss, if you agree with it, you're party to it. That's treacherous. Friend, God has put us in this place that we would make a difference, that we would put in order the things that are lacking, that we would bring a move of God into Hawke's Bay. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. I encourage you to, to deeply think about that. I mean, we just, we just skimmed a lot, crossed a lot of stuff, but um, especially around the whole area of our, of our soul, start to enlarge the capacity of your life. It's not all about you. It's not all about you. <laughs> Open up your heart. Take somebody home for lunch and buy them something. I don't know. Find a stranger at McDonald's and pay for their lunch or pay for their groceries or just do something big. And uh, like I said, when, when pressure starts to come against you, I will not be moved. We are here to make a difference. I mean, why don't we just sing a song and wrap it up? Pastor Doug will be preaching tonight. He's been cooking up a great message, so come along. Come on, we just stand up and I live for Jesus or something like that.